morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Fred, and we're now going to turn to God's Word. We're going to be reading this morning from John chapter 14 to the end of the, uh, the chapter. But before we do, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for making yourself known to us and showing us the way of salvation through faith in your Son. Teach us through your word and equip us for every good work. For the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As I said, we're at John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. And you'll find this on page 1081 of the Pew Bibles. Or the Church Bibles, I should say. John 14 beginning at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All of this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, 
that he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let's leave. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Fred. Good morning, everyone. My name's uh, Micah. If you've not met me, I'm one of the student ministers here. Uh, It's lovely to be with you this morning. Um, And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at John's gospel. And up until this point, Jesus has been, he's been warning his disciples that he was about to go away. Imagine for a moment what it would have been like to be with Jesus. It would have been pretty amazing, wouldn't it? You get to sit with him, you get to ask him questions, talk to him, see the amazing miracles he's able to do. Wouldn't that be a special thing to be with him? And so it's easy to understand how the disciples would be worried that he says he needs to go away. The, the Lord, the, the way, the truth and the life, everything they need will be gone. Imagine for a moment, um, you've read a book on flying an aeroplane, uh, but you've never actually had a chance to fly an aeroplane before. And a couple of years later, you get in a plane and the pilot takes you up into the air uh, and he says, hey, just take the controls for a bit. I'll be back. And he leaves. You can imagine, <laughs> couldn't you, as you, you look around at the controls, the, you know, the, the switches, the dials, numbers, things you just think, wow, this doesn't make any sense. It's just wild and complicated and impossible. I bet you'd be thinking, how do I even keep this tin can in the air? Without the right guidance, without the right knowledge, without the right professional experience, without the pilot there with you, you would be helpless. And this is probably how the disciples are feeling as they hear that Jesus, the way, the truth and the life, is about to go away. And so as uh, we heard back um, last week, as Glenn preached for us, Jesus began to comfort his disciples, explaining that he would not abandon them. And this week, as we look from verse 15, we begin to see that Jesus promises he will send the Holy Spirit to remain with them. Jesus promises the Spirit will continue to point them the way, will continue to teach them the truth, and will bring them into life, just as Jesus had done. But how will that happen? Well, that's what we're going to look at this morning. Um, Verse 15 to 17, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will send you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Now, the start of that's a bit strange, isn't it? He's, He's about to comfort his disciples, and he gives them a command. If you love me, keep my commands. How does that comfort them? And as we look a bit further on, he says it a few different times. He says, verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Verse 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Verse 24, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. What command is he talking about here? 
And, and as you look through John's gospel, Jesus actually gives fairly few commands. When you compare it to maybe Matthew's gospel, where you've got the Sermon on the Mount and a whole bunch of different things he says to his listeners, the ones that are in John stand out. And there's a couple that happened before this. The first one is uh, from John 6, verse 29. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. This was a, a big theme at the beginning of John's gospel. Uh, he spends a lot of time giving you all the reasons why Jesus is the Messiah, so that you might believe in him. And then the second command comes along to those who now do believe in Jesus, the disciples. John 13, 34. Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. See, I think these are the commands that Jesus is referring to here. He, he's talking to those who do now believe in him, and they're saying, he's saying, keep believing in him. But now that you do believe in him, love one another. And there's a, there's a danger here, though. What if you think, oh gosh, now I need to obey Jesus well enough. I need to have enough energy. I, I need to have perfect obedience uh, to be someone who loves him and receive the Spirit. But that's actually not what this passage is saying, is it? If you look carefully at it, it, it's not saying, if you obey me, I will send the Spirit. What he's saying is, if you love me, obey me. It's not obedience that earns the Spirit. He's commanding us to love him and he will give the Spirit freely. And the word advocate here, um, the original word kind of means, it has the idea of um, a helper. And so the NIV is, is rightfully translated here as advocate to help you. And the, the idea is to, to get across exactly what the, what the word is trying to say. Jesus is saying, if you love me, you should obey me. And to help you, I will send the Spirit so that you can love me and obey me. The Spirit is given, um, given for you to believe in Jesus and to follow him, uh, follow him who is the way by loving one another. In leaving, Jesus then provides for our obedience by the Spirit, to know the way we should walk and to put our faith in him. Point two, the Spirit teaches the truth. Now, um, let's look again at verse um, 16 and 17. Jesus says... I will ask the Father and he will send you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Now, I don't know if you caught it. Um, there's something in this passage that's a little bit easy to miss and, and somewhat puzzling at first. Jesus says, I will send, I'll ask the Father to send you another advocate. But John hasn't mentioned an advocate before. Um, and so the question is, well, who is he talking about? I think the simplest way to think about it is, well, who's the other who has been sent from the Father in John? Now, that's a significant theme in the first few chapters of John, that Jesus is from the Father. Jesus is the advocate, the first advocate. The Gospel writer, he makes a big point of this. The reason why is because if Jesus is from the Father, from heaven, he can speak heavenly truths. He can speak the truth from heaven. And Jesus spoke words that no wise man, no philosopher, no scientist, no expert could know. We see this um, played out in 
uh, his discussion with Nicodemus in chapter 3, if you remember that. Um, Jesus has this conversation with Nicodemus, who's the, the spiritual ruler, leader of Israel. And as he speaks to, uh, to Jesus, Jesus speaks heavenly things, and Nicodemus cannot understand what he says. He, he, he's a teacher of the law, but he can't understand Jesus' words. And the problem is, Jesus is speaking heavenly things, and Nicodemus is not from heaven. He needs someone to help him understand the heavenly things. So the problem is, if Jesus goes away for the disciples, who would teach the truth from heaven? And what if the disciples forgot what they were told? And what if they didn't understand what they were told? It would be lost. So Jesus explains to them that he's sending another advocate, like him, the spirit of truth, the spirit from heaven, who could reveal the things from heaven, just like Jesus had done. So he says, the spirit will teach you. Verse 26. Next one, verse 26. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. And when we read uh, in the book of Acts, uh, as the Spirit came on the disciples, it reminded them of everything that Jesus had told them, just as he had promised. It, it taught them what it all meant. Anything they didn't understand now became clear and so that they could teach and record everything that the coming church would need. They wrote it down for us. This is important because what it means is that the scriptures, the writings of the apostles, those who witnessed Jesus, they're not just foggy memories. They're not just meaningless speculation. They're not wild theory crafting or religious philosophy. They are the very words of God, the truth from heaven. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12 and 13, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. Do you want to be a, a spirit-led person? Do you want to hear what Jesus has to say to you? When you open the scriptures, they are the Spirit's words. It's not Holy Spirit versus scripture. When you listen to the scripture, you are listening to the Holy Spirit. I hope you understand the importance of that. I hope you understand the implications of that. I hope it drives you to love God's word, which is truth from heaven, from God himself for us. Now, remember I mentioned earlier that Nicodemus couldn't understand the heavenly things that Jesus had said. And, and so Jesus responds to Nicodemus in uh, chapter, uh, verse 3 of that chapter, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. And what he's saying there is that Flesh, that is, earthly people, cannot understand spiritual words from heaven, not without the Spirit. He's saying, 
Only the Spirit can discern those things, so you need the Spirit to understand them. And the Apostle Paul, uh, in 1 Corinthians, says something similar. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The reason why you can put your faith in Jesus and believe the words in the Scriptures is because Jesus did what He promised and sent the Spirit to you to teach you. When you read the Scriptures, it becomes, and it becomes real and alive in you, that is only because the Spirit is doing the work that He was sent for so that you could understand the truth from heaven in the Gospel. And lastly, the Spirit brings life. Now, it's great that the Spirit points the way, and it's amazing that the Spirit teaches the truth, but Jesus was more than just a path to take or a truth to assent to, wasn't he? He was the very presence of God with his disciples, the giver of life, living with them. It's different, isn't it, um, talking to family members over the phone and actually being with them. We've all experienced that over COVID lockdowns. We had a few years where um, we were separated from precious family members and we just wished that we could be with them. But all we had was, was the telephone. And that's, that's, a, that's a good thing, but it's not the same, is it? It's not exactly the same. Now, remember back in verse 9, Jesus said to Philip, this night, there we go, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. When Jesus was with them, if they wanted to see the Father, they could look at him. Jesus' presence with them was the Father's presence with them. They had God who gives life with them. And and if you remember, uh, chapter 11, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead before their very eyes. Jesus was God who gives life right there. And so, we come back to our question, which we've been asking. What happens when he goes away? Verse 20. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And then the second half of 23 We, that is the Father and the Son, will come to them and make our home with them. Jesus here promises that he and the Father, by the Spirit, will make their home in us. The Spirit's presence is Jesus' presence with us. That means that Jesus, who is able to raise the dead, lives in those who have the Spirit. He says, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. So the disciples have been anxious that Jesus would leave, and, and we might wish that he would have stayed. But the reason that he came in the first place was to go away. He didn't abandon us, but went to give his life. To give us life. When he went, Jesus sent the Spirit and made his home in us. 
It's, it's through the Spirit that we're united to Jesus. And the Bible tells us that when we're united with Him, we're united in His death and His life. Jesus, He didn't go away to leave us, but He went away to die our death. When we have the Spirit in us, we are united with Him in such a way that His death on the cross is our death and that His life is our life. Because He lives, you also will live. Romans 6.4, Paul teaches the same thing. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Are you worried about Jesus not being with us? Do you ever feel alone in your Christian life? Are you sad that the, the way the truth and the life had to go. Know that he did not leave us as orphans, but he sent us the Spirit of God to help us to love one another, to love him, to teach us truth from heaven in the Bible. And he remains with and in us, united, because he lives, we also will live. Hear these words um, as we finish of Jesus from verse um, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Amen.